Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host of this podcast. Well everybody, I hope you're keeping well. Happy Thursday. Um, my apologies about not being able to release an episode on Tuesday. Um, essentially a number of things had happened. So if you're living in Alberta, you know that we are now in lockdown. So I've lost my job again for the second time this year. Um, you probably heard my last episodes. I'm an esthetician, so I work with the public um, very closely. So uh, we did get shut down. We got the announcement last Tuesday. And then our last day of work was Saturday and it was amazing like in between those days from like Wednesday night or Tuesday night sorry onwards it was just insanely busy at work and it was a great feeling and it was so much fun in that sense and then working all the way through Saturday night didn't get home till like 11 o'clock it might have even been later I can't really remember but um and it was really nice but you just I'm so worn out now from that week we were working like 11 12 hour shifts so it was a lot but uh, really worth it and um, any of my clients that are listening to this podcast I appreciate how generous you all were to me with bottles of wine gift cards your tips everything thank you so so much and all the offers as well my clients were offering me like my one client offered me um to go stay in her apartment in new york for free and like i mean i would if there wasn't a pandemic going on absolutely i would but it's just too risky then i had another client she you know she offered me her husband's a pilot um for um, a company here in calgary or in canada westjet and um she offered me you know they get like these seasonal passes to give out to their friends and family and they get like a number and she offered to give me one to like you know fly to like Honolulu or Mexico or the Dominican you know the the huge or anywhere in Canada essentially and I was like oh that sounds so amazing but again it's probably not the best idea while I'm going to be on Pogie or EI or the Dole as we call it in Ireland um so yeah that that all thank you so much to any of my clients for listening like honestly everything you did was greatly appreciated and the fact that you all came in to support our small business was so great as well um it is gonna be tough but we've done it once before and we can do it again so anyone who works for a small business or you know did have to be laid off for whatever reason you work in a restaurant um know that we can get through this again we live in a country that is able to sustain us and help us as much as they possibly can and are willing to help us um, and to always remember that we are very privileged to have these options of getting paid and you know having um, employment insurance and everything like that like it's some people don't have that option at all um, so I think it's always good to just kind of rewind to that and right now I'm extremely grateful to be living at home with my parents yes I'm still paying rent but um, you know there's a lot of people that aren't gonna be able to go to their parents house this um, Christmas because of lockdown uh, which is really unfortunate but if you do need anyone to talk to I would gladly do that and I'm thinking I would love to have um, some friends on the podcast wherever you are in the world um, over Christmas and we can just maybe as my intro I, I can do like a short true crime story but as my intro we can talk about some stuff um, literally anything at all like what you do for your job 
um, how you've been affected by COVID, what you've been doing to help yourself, and let's like spread some ideas to some people who might be struggling right now, um, mental health wise, because that's a huge issue right now that I feel like isn't really being addressed. We all know what's happening, um, but no one's really talking about it, and I think that's a huge, you know, issue that we all struggle with. Um, whether you want to admit it or not, I think we all do. So, yeah, I would love to be able to get some people on just to talk about that. So, if you've any ideas, please reach out to me. Um, and I'll be like posting on my um, Instagram just to get some people on who'd be interested in talking about it. Um, and whether you haven't been affected, but you know someone else has been affected, like let's let's spread some good stuff and um, give some tools to some people. You know, like why not? Some people are afraid to reach out for help, but once they hear it. Um, it really helps them and then second of all unfortunately um, on Monday evening I lost my little dog Bailey Um, it was very very sudden we weren't expecting it at all on Saturday she was taken to the vet she was just like not doing well Uh, in the summertime she had had um, basically um, a bladder infection or like a uterus infection and um they gave her some medication for it and they said that we could do emergency surgery on her once she came out of heat but they can only do it once she's come out of heat for two months and then the second that two months had happened she came right back into heat again so we couldn't get surgery and it's uh, to any vets out there or um really anyone who knows dogs or has had the same situation vets will not go near your female dog if um you know they are in heat and they have to do any sort of surgery they have to wait for maybe six to eight weeks till after and unfortunately Bailey had came into heat two times after that incident and then on Saturday it was maybe I'd say about a month after she came out of heat she was she wasn't really doing well immediately she lost weight like immediately like just like that and like very low energy and we took her to the vet and they gave her medication and they were like, yep, give it a week and she should be okay and we'll, t- we'll take her back in and we'll talk about surgery. And so then on Monday evening, my mom came home and like me and my sister were just like, yeah, she's like not doing well. She could hardly even stand. And my little sister like was like to my other dog, Murphy, she's like, Murphy, do you want to go for a walk? And Bailey, you know, struggled to get out of bed because the relationship between um, my sister and the dog Bailey is nothing like I've ever seen before. Um, they literally have like the best friendship ever. So that was really, really hard when she passed away. Um, especially like on my little sister, like she's 17 years old and Bailey was only five and um, Bailey would literally do anything for my sister. Um, since the day we got her, Bailey was obsessed with me at first and then um, she went to being obsessed with like my little sister and then from then on they just had like a solid friendship like literally everywhere my sister goes the dog would go even if she went to the bathroom like Bailey would be out, out like shaking you know anxiously waiting she had severe separation anxiety with my sister um, but uh, yeah so we took her to the vet they gave her an IV drip when we got there because they could see how unwell she was doing like she just wasn't eating she was drinking a lot because she was so dehydrated and there's like discharge and everything coming out of her which is horrible it was so sad and then they put her on an iv drip we waited in the car for half an hour and she came out 
and she was like whimpering to get into my sister's arms the vet was holding her and she like looked up at my sister put her head under her chin and yeah just died right in her arms it was so sudden we weren't expecting it at all we were actually in the middle of discussing how I was coming in the next day which was um on Tuesday for me to come in to do surgery drop her in for surgery and she just died in my sister's arms it was absolutely the most traumatic thing I've ever been a part of in my whole life um I probably should have put a trigger warning at the beginning of this because it was just horrific and I have never cried so much in my whole life and I'm still I'm still finding it quite hard um especially when you weren't expecting it but you know I strongly believe your pets know and understand how humans feel and they always try to make things easier on us and I think Bailey knew it had been too hard of a decision for us to either put her down or you know if it was even at the house if we found her dead um so she knew she wanted to die in Mia's arms in that moment in time at the vets we were there with professionals they could you know help us with everything um I strongly believe she knew and I know that um she wouldn't want to be in anyone else's arms while she passed away it was in my sister like right under her little chin she was tucked in and it was it was really quite like sweet even though it was horrific at the same time like just because we weren't expecting it um but yeah so just a little I just wanted to talk about that because I just think it's important to talk about and you know I am I am struggling with it a little bit it's very hard I've never lost a pet before um and to lose one in that manner was a very traumatic way for it to happen so yeah um so that was what happened with my little dog Bailey so um she was only five years old and the sweetest sweetest little dog ever I loved her so much we all loved her so much and our little dog Murphy's gonna be lost without her but I'm happy that she's not suffering anymore and she's not in pain anymore um but yeah so rest in peace little Bailey um but moving on now to more of a I guess happier situation or topic I guess um I wanted to tell you guys about the podcast that I'm listening to you probably heard it if you listen to my favorite murder you probably heard them talk about it let's let's not meet um it's such a good podcast it was absolutely amazingly done basically it's a guy reading people's strange encounters with other humans and it's so fucked up it's but it's really really good um so i would definitely recommend giving that a listen um just the stories are insane on that oh my god i would love to write it because i bet you i have a few that um (laughs) you could definitely read and then shows i'm not really watching anything right now um i've just been chris started watching the unabomber tv show on netflix that's quite good so i've just been kind of zoning in and out of that i just haven't had a chance with um my work hours that i was doing last week and then of course my dog dying so i literally haven't really had a chance i've just been kind of like chilling and scrolling through tiktok and um going in the hot tub and trying to relax i've got back into my running regime though so that's good so i haven't really been watching much tv and now that I don't really have my commute to work, I'm going to really try and listen to podcasts as I'm like working around the house. Um, and then another thing I'm going to be doing to keep myself occupied. So I don't do like puzzles or anything. I probably would if I had some. But uh, 
I'm going to be doing this kind of um, you build basically you build a little camper van and it takes like 78 hours to build I bought it on Vancouver Island when I was out there in the summertime and it's really really cute so once I have that actually built I will share it on my Instagram but for now <laughs> I haven't even started it yet but you literally have to like wire some like wires for like these lights to light up and everything and I can't wait to have this little display it's super cute so that's what I'm gonna be doing to pass the time I'm also gonna try and take up some baking um so we'll see how that goes I made gingerbread men maybe about three weeks ago and they turned out lovely so now they have faith that I can make those I'm sure I can make something else I really want to make some chocolate chip cookies so if you have any good recipes for that let me know um and then one thing I want to mention is right now if you are struggling with your skincare I love skincare it's something I always talk about um it's because it's something I'm always struggling with so there's this new brand that I and this is like not sponsored at all I don't do sponsorships just yet <laughs> haven't made it that far or haven't made it that big but um I've been using this brand called peach and lily and I'm using their matcha moisturizer it's like an antioxidant uh, moisturizer that you can put on it's like a light green color it's so amazing on my skin and then I'm using this like it's like this dewy serum that you put on and you almost put it on like as if you're a guy putting on like aftershave you just tap it into your skin so I've been using that and then I've been using the Ole Hendrickson moisturizer as well and their banana bright eye cream and then of course CeraVe as my um cleanser that I've been using the SA cleanser is what I'm using it is sold out again in Calgary because it keeps getting sold out because of TikTok um and then another one I am using that I absolutely love is the um DHC cleansing oil you can get that on Amazon it's super affordable but those are all the products I'm using I just wanted to talk about that because now if you're in Calgary and you're you know in lockdown and you have time to revive your skin after wearing masks all day long do it like take this time to do self-care you know I'm, I'm loving it and I'm taking my time in the morning I'm not like rushing around like, enjoy this time that you have off and use it wisely and don't overwhelm yourself yourself with stuff to do like we will have lots of time to do I have a huge list and I've only done a few things off the list that I wanted to get done in my time off and that's okay you know at first I was like oh my god like oh, I should have been able to like organize these cupboards the other day but I haven't done it yet and other things are going to get in the way and you're going to get asked to do other stuff around the house and that's okay take your time but I would highly recommend making a list and slowly start taking stuff off that list whether it's like clean out your fridge or clean out your rubbish bin like I literally cleaned out my rubbish bin the other night and I put like pine sole in it I was like scrubbing it like everything just so it's like clean because I never have the time really to do that even when I do like my deep cleans on Saturday um or you know I really want to organize like my whole bathroom in the drawers because it's just like like a shit show in there so and I was like oh god I've only done one thing I've only cleaned out the rubbish like you know and I don't have to feel bad about that I can I can get it done <laughs> I have four weeks so um yeah but I would highly recommend making a list and just taking it day by day and taking something off that list maybe one or two things off the list don't overwhelm yourself and don't panic yourself there's no point in doing that you got plenty of time and at least it gives you motivation to do something every single day 
but anyways guys um i hope you're all having a fab day and sorry that was like a little bit more of like a longer update but i just wanted to let you know what was all going on um thank you for understanding about not being able to post my tuesday episode but i hope you enjoy this episode and please don't forget to rate review subscribe so yeah happy listening guys Okay guys, so in today's episode, I believe episode 23, um, I am going to be talking about the Butterbox Babies of Nova Scotia, Canada. So um, Nova Scotia is on the east coast of Canada. Um, it's a very beautiful place. I've never been before, but I have plenty of clients and some co-workers that are from there. Um, it's a very kind of, when we say like the east coast of Canada, everyone kind of like you know puts it in this generic spot of like a mixture of like Irish and Scottish like heritage um with the music they listen to the food they eat traditions even the way they speak now when I first moved to Canada I could not tell the difference between an east coaster and um like an Irish accent I really couldn't and I was working in a retail shop at the time and I was like, talk to people. I was like, oh, where are you from in Ireland? They're like, oh, like I'm from like, say like Nova Scotia. Or they're from Cape Breton or wherever. And I was like, oh, never heard of that place before. <laughs> like, where is that in Ireland? And they're like, it's from Canada. I was like, oh, like so embarrassed. But like, I, I honestly cannot tell the difference. And like, they, um, to kind of some how their accent sounds like, it's a mixture of like Cork and Kerry put together. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically my little synopsis of what I know about the East Coast. Um, they also like to drink too, so that's great. Um, also, the terrain is very similar because I remember learning this in history, or in geography, sorry, not history, geography in Ireland. When the world was all one, um, as in like we we're all this one big continent, the east coast of Canada and Ireland would have been joined together and their terrain is very similar so even like their soil is very similar to Irish soil which is why their potatoes would taste the same as our potatoes as well um and yeah just a fun fact that I know (laughs) you know we had to learn about potatoes back home a lot um and a lot of people actually immigrated to the east coast of Canada during our from um sorry during the Irish potato famine um and that was like one of the first places it was that in New York there's so much Irish heritage in New York as well it's really really interesting um but yeah so that's why a lot of the um the culture is very much the same um accents everything even like I said the terrain and how the landscape is is very similar as well to Ireland so I think that's pretty cool um and the same as Scotland it's all similar right so uh we'll be talking about William William and Layla um Layla was born in 1908 in Fox Point Nova Scotia and would marry William and they'd have five children um, she was a mid- midwife, although she advertised herself as an obstetrician, which is basically a specialist who delivers babies and, um, you know, they kind of go through like difficult um, pregnancies and birthing stages and stuff. So um, William studied as a chiropractor, which was seen as kind of like a hocus pocus kind of deal from the eyes of like the North American 
uh, medical field. Um, so a lot of people who studied um, to be chiropractors studied underground at the time. And if you do like a little bit of research, some people to this day think that chiropractor isn't really like a, it's more of like a self-healing kind of process. It's not actually like a medical term. It's people think that those aren't actual doctors. They think they're like, you know, Reiki masters or like, you know, yoga instructors. They're not actual, I don't know how else to explain it. Basically, they think they're away with the fairies. So, um, while they tried various crimes in their home, including manslaughter, the entire truth of the horrors perpetrated, not widely known until much later. So they opened up their own um, maternity home, which was called the Ideal Maternity Home, which was operated in East Chester of Nova Scotia, Canada from the late 1920s through at least the 1940s. Um, where William and Lila Young operated it. Also, William's middle name was Peach, which I think is kind of cool. I love that. I think it's such... You know what? I remember now what I wanted to call one of my dogs. And I was talking to my client about this when I like last week. I really wanted to call when I have a dog. If I have like a little Frenchie or a boxer, I'd love to call her Peach. Because I think that's a really cute name. And you can't really call a kid Peach. Um, <laughs> I always said... I have like such a long list of baby names. And I was like, oh, well, just whatever baby's names I can't call, um, my, can't have 11 babies, not in this day and age, it's too much, too many babies. Um, I would start naming my dogs my baby's names, but Peach is not one of them, Peach is a cute dog name. So the ideal maternity home promised both maternity care for local married couples and discreet birthing placement for children of unwed mothers. And their slogan was, quote, where the sick get well. Um... And when I started actually reading into this, I was like, okay, like the Catholic Church has to be involved in this because um, basically of of the history that happened back home in Ireland, um, you know, how badly treated um, nuns and priests um, treated uh, unwed mothers who were pregnant and how they would kill the babies it is absolutely horrific and there's a huge petition going on right now in Ireland um, basically to kind of like fight for this and you know go to court about this and I guess you know in some way kind of defeat the Catholic Church because of how they killed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of babies and um, there's actually um I, I guess like an unnamed burial ground where they buried all these babies in Ireland and it's absolutely horrific and it just it was just found like years ago like maybe I, I wouldn't even say like five years ago maybe five years ago where they found all these human remains of these tiny little babies and all these rumors started coming out about the Catholic Church back home in Ireland and it was just horrific absolutely horrific um, so immediately when I saw this story, I was like, okay, this has to be something to do with this. But no, these were just two horribly gruesome people who took the lives of innocent little babies. So trigger warning. Um, so basically the home was a source of babies for illegal trade for infants between Canada and the United States. During this period, the laws in the US forbid adoption across religious backgrounds. There is a cute shortage of babies available for the Jewish couples to adopt. So basically, 
um in the jewish community there wasn't really an down in the states like in new jersey and um new york and whatever they didn't really have an option to adopt because of their religious beliefs and whatnot so they looked into basically a black market that was coming out in canada at the time which essentially was this so the home provide these desperate people with black market adoptions charging up to ten thousand dollars for a baby um which is insane in that money like so i was trying to do like a little bit of a comparison so a dollar in the 1920s is about twelve dollars in today's money so i can't even do the math because i'm dreadful at math um it's definitely like triple if if not more um, than $10,000 in today's money. So many of the babies in the 1940s ended up in Jewish homes in New Jersey. And of course, we know um, in some parts of the Jewish community in um, New Jersey at the time was very, very wealthy, uh, as it was in the UK as well. My mom actually used to work for a very, very wealthy, not so friendly Jewish woman who was a widow. And she was filthy rich, my mom would say, but didn't... um, didn't like to really share her money all that much so the same t- at the same time they would only charge mothers five hundred dollars which is six thousand dollars in today's money six thousand dollars so five hundred dollars back then during the 1920s which in the states i believe was during um the great depression as well i could be a little bit off i'm sorry i'm awful bad with numbers but that's a lot of money for americans to be paying for a baby during this time so you probably have to be well off to adopt a baby for their services so anyways at this time the average wage in the area was about eight dollars a week many of the mothers could mothers could not afford the sum and were forced to work at home for the 18 months after they pay their bill so when they had this baby at this house they had to work there for up to 18 months to pay back after going through something very traumatic it's awful and most of the time they get their babies taken away from them or their babies were murdered um and they still have to work there for almost two years like that's just dreadful to even think about so during world war ii business was booming because nearby halifax was a major port is serving as a port of departure for convoys crossing to the north atlantic to england many of these ships never even completed the journey um, which again is just horrible during like World War Two and what an awful um, time to you know live through. So the sailors and the merchant seamen would squeeze as much life into their days in the ports as they could, and many women were left unmarried or widowed to unexpected mothers. The ideal maternity home offered the almost sorry almost the only place where they could provide for these women and their children. So, you know, from the outside, it looks like it would be nice and a health, like a kind of a safe place to go to. But it was absolutely, it was the complete opposite of that. And what was discovered later is that the youngs would proposably starve remarkable babies to death and feeding them only molasses and water. On this diet, the infants would usually last only two weeks and deformity of a serious illness or dark coloration would often seal their fate which is just i don't know what on earth people like possesses people to do this 
So this is where the name of the Butterbox babies actually stemmed from. So babies who die were disposed in small wooden grocery boxes typically used for dairy products. Thus the name term of the Butterbox babies was used to refer to the unfortunate infants. The Butterbox babies' bodies were buried in the property adjacent to the nearby cemetery at sea or sometimes burned in the homes of the furnace. Now, I don't know what the thought process behind this was as a mother of you know this lady she had she was a mother of five kids herself this is a lady who cares about children and who studied under you know the utmost care and attention for mothers and their babies and you know i'd say during this time you know there was a lot of women who too were during world war ii were you know sex workers and that was their only means of income because it was such a desperate time you know desperate times caused desperate measures and women were getting pregnant so easily so this woman who owned this maternity home you know she eventually was probably feeling overwhelmed with the amount of babies that were coming in and you know they just started murdering and starving these poor innocent children and the woman would probably leave them there thinking that they were going to be shipped off to New Jersey to a new home with a new life I wouldn't expect anything else from it and do any more research into it you kind of love them and leave them behind which is so so horrible then to find out it was otherwise you know the Butterbox baby's bodies were buried on the property and then, like I said, um, at sea or sometimes burned in the home furnace. Oh, God, it's just horrendous to even think about. In some cases, the, the married couples who would come home solely birthing the services were told that their baby had died shortly after birth. Um, so there is a story in the documentary about this one lady who, you know, fell pregnant before she was supposed to be married so she came to this house and um she starts giving birth and you know she had a very bad like um uterus infection at the time and um she was nearly close to dying during birth and then her husband comes and her well not her husband but her boyfriend soon to be husband was like you know you have to get doctors here like my wife is dying this baby isn't well um like what are you going to do like call a doctor and you know the 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 man who worked in the maternity ward who was the chiropractor he was like i am a doctor like that's extremely offensive like how dare you um you you shouldn't be asking me to call a doctor when we are clearly um medical professionals which they weren't like the wife was but at the time he really wasn't like he didn't work with children he worked the human body and healing it not in a way to work with medication and he had asked for ointments and painkillers and there was nothing in the house to help and unfortunately the baby had um died at birth and uh, you know i believe it was like a week later that the mother had died from birth or sorry um had died from giving birth um so that was like one of the stories that came out of the documentary and now when you watch the documentary it's not the best movie um but the story is really good um it's yeah it's not a very well told story but it is on amazon prime if you're interested in watching that um but uh yeah in truth these babies were also sold to adoptive parents so they would also tell them that their baby was dead and 
you know sometimes these people would actually want to keep them but they couldn't keep them so the youngs would also separate or create siblings to meet the desire of the customers um which i just think is just so disgusting so it is estimated between four and six hundred babies died at the home that is a fuck ton of little tiny babies i just cannot imagine what a sick bastard or bastards these people were you know um and you know how would that woman ever feel if those were her kids in that place and she was that woman who was desperate you know to have a child out of wedlock and even still sometimes to this day people are very very concerned about having a baby before birth and it's still i think kind of a backwards thought process because you know you're giving birth to a child and you're giving life to this world regardless if you're married or not and it's a blessing either way um and i'm you know personally and this is you know something quite political to get into but i am always pro-choice over pro-life i believe that women should always have a choice over their own body and the fact that sometimes when these decisions and laws are made that are made by male you know just men in general i it infuriates me to the point that i just cannot wrap my head around it and i absolutely understand you know um you know these subjects are quite hard to talk about and yes there's horrible circumstances where like a woman will like miscarry and like how could you say that to someone who is like all they want to do is have a child but then there's people out there who are just you know having abortion and just being careless unfortunately accidents happen or women have been raped and they get pregnant and this is not what they want and it's a very traumatic thing to go through um not not that I'm speaking from it personally but I do think that women should always have a choice over their own bodies um as should men which they mostly do I think they completely do but the fact that sometimes these laws are put in place by men making decisions for women's bodies not cool with that at all and of course I know there's I have listeners and followers that are gonna disagree with me but we're all entitled to our own opinions and that is one that I will never change ever um we are all you know put on this earth to make our own decisions and we are all in control of our own bodies so why should other people try and decide whether or not we should keep a baby um and it's much more than the fact of that but that's just something that i wanted to address in the besides this so um um, it is an estimate between that five, four and six hundred babies had died in the home, while at least another thousand survived and were adopted. Um, so a lot of these, like I said, the kids were adopted out of down in the states and the east coast of the states. Um, even these lucky survivors often suffered from ailments caused by the unsanitary conditions and the lack of care in the home. Um, so there is a really good CBC documentary on, uh, or even article on the CBC webpage titled Better Box Babies that you can read. Um, and it's just very traumatizing for these kids to, or adults to find out about how they were birthed and what a traumatic life they had as kids. So um, even these lucky survivors, you know, like I said, they had suffered such, 
you know, unsanitary birthing methods and their mothers weren't given pain medication through these births is just horrific to me. So um, I'm going to go through um, some of the books and um episodes and shows sorry shows that you can watch so survivors of the dark episodes in canada's history trace their past when reva barnett saya who was old enough to read her parents gave her a copy of the chosen baby a book that explained uh, why her olive skin family didn't share the blue eyes and blonde hair um now sia as many of 40 other adopters living in the usa are discovering their identities within the pages of the paper book paperback book linking them to dark chapters of canada's history the adoptees came from the ideal maternity home and illegally run from the unwanted unwed mothers of the rural east canadian province of nova scotia where many babies were sold in the black market to desperate couples from new jersey and new york in the 1930s to the 1940s the unwanted children were killed and buried in butter boxes for coffins and unmarked graves in a field adjacent to the home so um again there's a cbc documentary you can also go on amazon prime and you can um watch the butterbox babies documentary or there's a book the chosen baby that is available also on amazon if you wanted to check that out so that is the horrific story of the butterbox babies and some of the survivors um unfortunately there isn't a lot of information based off that um for like researching so you do unfortunately have to look a lot up on the off of the documentary so i highly recommend that i know it was a bit of a bummer but um it was one that i got recommended to cover so i always try and do my recommendations even if they are a tough one to cover um again like i said at the beginning of my episode i would love to get some people on and let's have like some like lighthearted converse, uh, conversation in my intro and i'll try do some shorter true crime stories so we focus more so on my intro and talking about how we can cope with lockdown during the winter months um and how me maybe you're affected and what you're doing to change that because I think that's really important and we could all use some fun tips and tricks um, during these hard times. Um, and like I said, if you are laid off and you are struggling, please always reach out to me. Um, I do have a um, Instagram account, Murder on Her Mind podcast. Um, and you can always come on there and check it out. I also post all the pictures that I'm talking about in my podcast. And please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe as that's what's going to help me to move up on the charts and find people or people find me um, and then my podcast can grow. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have a wonderful day and stay safe and please stay warm. Bye bye.